Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. We are everyday people following Jesus every day. In the summer of 2000, 2001, I don't remember which, uh, teenage me was helping with my church's vacation Bible school. If you ever helped with a vacation Bible school before, you know that at most of them, anyway, uh, there is often some sort of morning meeting or afternoon meeting or both, especially Monday morning as you're headed into the week. Uh, the leader of the week wants to get everybody together uh, to go over some logistics, to give a good rah-rah, here we go kind of speech, uh, and, and to make sure that everybody's on the same page, and to remember together that the things that we really want to see happen at a vacation Bible school. I mean, yes, we want the kids to have fun, and yes, we want them to know that they are loved, but the things we really want to see happen, of them being connected to God in some way, having some sort of encounter uh, with God as part of that week, uh, those are things that we can't really generate in our own power. Uh, we, we need a God to make those things happen. Uh, and, and on Monday morning, you're tempted to believe that you can make that happen because you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and have lots of energy and the kids are coming in with all their excitement and you just soak that up and, and you're ready to go. By Thursday morning, everybody knows that we are in need of prayer if we're gonna make it through with everybody alive by the end of tomorrow, let alone everybody loving and acting like Jesus. So we turn to prayer and we start early and we keep going all week long. This particular uh, VBS this Monday morning, as we are gathered, the leader gives us our logistics, gives us our marching orders, gives us our rah-rah speech, and then says, okay, I'd like you to uh, split into small groups, two, three, four, whatever, to pray. Pray for the kids, pray for the week, pray for what God may do this week, as we do. And I don't know, if you sit in a, a horseshoe or a circle, if you ever have to break that down into smaller groups, you know how it, it seems like it just kind of naturally happens, like people turn this way or that way, and pretty soon you're just, you've got your little slice of the circle and you're with them. Um, and I don't remember how this ended up happening for me, but it became very clear to me uh, as everybody turned to go in their little groups uh, that I turned, and it was going to be me and two women from the church who were gonna pray for this week. Now, I didn't know these ladies at all. Uh, I went to the church's youth group, uh, I, I went to church sometimes, uh, but my family didn't. I, I didn't know these ladies. They didn't know me. Uh, I remember them as being little old ladies, but I was 17, so they might have been 35. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, but I, in my head, in my recollection, they're little old ladies who I just assumed, and their language later in this story uh, would uh, uh, concur this for me, that they'd been, they'd been around church a long time. They'd been following Jesus for a while. And... And so I was surprised when one of them looked at me and said, so are, are you going to pray? Not like, we don't know about this teenage kid and if he knows how to pray, but like, hey, are you going to because I'm not? I'm like, uh, I sort of looked at the other woman, kind of confused, and she goes, yeah, I don't pray out loud either. Now, to me, that was very weird for me, partly because honestly, at that point in my life, I probably had prayed more in front of people than by myself. Like praying in youth group and Bible studies and with my family and, and whatever. But this, one of the ladies said, yeah, I was always taught, you go into your prayer closet, there's that good church language, go into your prayer closet 
and pray. And yes, that is a thing Jesus taught that we don't uh, pray in front of crowds to show off and pray to be amazing and be impressive. Uh, but, but for whatever reason, they had been taught, you go into your prayer closet and pray. They, they were very uncomfortable with the idea of praying out loud. And one of the women looked at me and the other woman and said, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know what to say. Last week, we started talking about this request that a disciple of Jesus made uh, to, oh, I should turn this on. That's going to make it more effective. There we go. Disciple of Jesus came up to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. As we talked about, we're not sure why they had this particular Request. We come up with lots of reasons. Maybe they wanted their prayers to be more powerful, more impactful. Maybe they wanted to be more impressive in their prayers. Maybe they simply saw the joy in Jesus's face and they wanted more of that. There's a little context clue here that leads us to believe maybe they thought Jesus was holding out on them. Hey, hey, Jesus, you should teach us to pray. John taught his disciples how to pray. Like, where are you at? Maybe in your prayers, you have wondered if maybe God is holding out on you in some way. So Jesus taught them, not magic words or an incantation, not six steps to make God answer your prayer, but a pattern and a posture of prayer, a lesson in why we pray and what we say. He said this, In Matthew chapter six, pray like this, Jesus taught them. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Perhaps you learned these words or an older language version of them that as we talked about, ended with a doxology of praise to thine be the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. We talked about why we pray. Besides the very legitimate reason that we are supposed to, We pray to engage in our relationship with God because we are invited by the God of the universe into relationship. We pray because we have requests, we have needs, areas of our life that we need God to intervene. We pray because we need to be reordered. We have some disordered desires and disordered loves and we need our desires and our priorities reordered. We pray to engage in this relationship to bring our requests to God, to be reordered. Now, this maybe is going to be weird to hear a pastor say, but if you don't want to engage in relationship with God, or if you don't want to recognize your dependence on God and your need for him, or if you don't want to be reordered, and have your desires and priorities reordered, then don't pray. Because it's not gonna have the outcome that you're looking for. 
We pray to engage in this relationship, to request and be reordered. Now, if you do want those things, the reasons why are really good, but for many of us, those good reasons don't change the awkwardness we feel. You may find yourself feeling like the woman in that VBS prayer group I was in. I just don't know what to say. We too often assume that prayer feels natural because prayer is, after all, and and this is true, prayer is the language and the experience our souls are created for. But prayer is really no more natural than a 12-year-old boy trying to talk to the cute girl. Like, is there anything more natural than a 12-year-old boy deciding he needs to talk to the cute girl that is way over his head? Probably not. Now, maybe for you, those first crush conversations went really, really smoothly. I'm not gonna share any stories at this point in time, but let's just say that was not my experience. Uh, The the 12-year-old me was more of a, a cascading series of awkwardness and making a fool of myself over and over again. Maybe when you go to talk to God, it feels like that kind of awkward. You're stammering. You're not sure what to say. Maybe, maybe you even rehearsed something. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go, right? How many of you tried that with the crush conversation? Like, okay, I'm going to rehearse this. And you're like saying it into the mirror. And then, then you show up in front of them and your brain just goes blank. You got, you got nothing, right? Maybe, maybe you've even rehearsed something and you're ready to go to God with it. And, and then you show up and you, I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to do this. And yet there is an experience of love and growth and holiness to be found here in prayer. So so let's talk about what we say in prayer. Uh, Some of you may have learned uh, this acronym for the elements uh, of prayer, Uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. These are words that we don't really use very much anymore. It does spell acts like a book of the Bible, so that's kind of nice. And whichever pastor came up with this at some point was very proud of themselves, I'm sure. Spelled word, it was great. Uh, And it, it contains some fantastic things. And I'm not actually making fun of it. If this works for you, that is fantastic. And feel free to sleep through the rest of this message. Well, maybe not all of it, but next couple minutes anyway. Uh, this, this language is fantastic. It covers a number of things. We, we give our adoration to God. We, we confess. Uh, we give thanks for the things God has done in our life. Supplication is a fancy word that just means I need something. <laughs> I need stuff. Would you supply it, please? Now, this is not a, a checklist to say, okay, God, I have said my four things. Like I showed up and I said something adoring and I confessed something and I gave thanks and I asked you for something. Not intended to be a checklist. It's intended to be like a conversation guide, right? Here are things to help you into this conversation to know what to say, to really show up and bring your whole self It's a way, and it's based off of the way that Jesus taught us to pray. And I want to give us 
a different acronym today, uh, not just because I love me some acronyms and not to try to be smart or cutesy about this, uh, but because for me, uh, this language, while being helpful in letting me know what I should say, something about the flowery language or the old-timey, perhaps, language in me creates this uh, or, or emphasizes this gap. It hits this self-doubt in me that I'm not doing it right and I'm not saying beautiful enough things to God or whatever. And, and when it's in words like this, I start to feel like maybe all my words should be words like this and I don't have those. So I, I wanna give us a different acronym that uh, is gonna have some language maybe we actually use if that's helpful. Again, if this is helpful to you, go with this. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I just want to uh, give us a, a slightly different uh, way to look at it. And it spells pray, which is, is handy. So, uh, uh, and others have similar acronyms. Others have used this acronym with similar words. Again, not trying to outsmart the rest of the world, just trying to give us a tool that might be helpful to engage uh, in prayer. Again, this is not a prescription or a, a script. Um, and this is absolutely something that you could twist funny. Like, if we go back to this one, like, okay, God, I, I just... I adore you and I, I praise you for putting up with my neighbor, Bob. And I confess to you that I've had some unkind thoughts about neighbor Bob because of this thing that Bob did and this thing that Bob did and this thing that Bob did. And I thank you for having the patience you have uh, with, with neighbor Bob. And I thank you that that you have made me not like neighbor Bob and I'm so much better than him. And if you could really supply me with some peace uh, of mind uh, by getting rid of neighbor Bob, that would be fantastic. Um, so look, it's not a script. And even if it was, we could twist it into something that is very much not what it is intended to be. And that will be true with any acronym uh, we come up with. But I do want to help us start a conversation with God. I want to honor what Jesus taught us, and I want to help us fully show up. Because if you genuinely pray these four things that we're about to list out here, you will uh, have taken steps to being fully present in this conversation, to showing up in a way that brings all of your jumbled thoughts and emotions or your very clear needs and dreams bringing those things to God in relationship and conversation. So, uh, so let's go through these. P is for praise, which is really just another word for adoration. Again, not trying to be too cute here. Jesus taught us, our Father, holy is your name. Holy means differently perfect. So, so different from us and our brokenness and our broken world. Perfect in a way that we desperately need but can scarcely imagine. We start with recognizing who God is and who we are not. Say, Father, you are the king. It's your kingdom. You are the true power. Father, you deserve all the glory and honor my life could produce because with all the temptations in the world, every voice in the world telling me that all of my hard work should lead to me getting the glory and the honor. God, you are the one who deserves all the glory and honor that my life could produce. 
And so we praise not to prop up God's ego, but to rightly orient ourselves to recognize who's in charge, to recognize who has the power, to recognize who gets the credit. And part of praise is giving the credit. It's giving thanks for the good and beautiful and right things in our life. That for at least a moment, we take our eyes off of all that is going wrong around us. And we count our blessings. We count the ways we taste and see the goodness of God. We thank God for the people that we love and the people that we're loved by. We thank God for a roof or a tent or a fire to huddle around. We thank God for food or for hope, for health or for medicine, for endurance or for rescue. Praise is recognizing what God has done and recognizing all he is capable of doing, which brings us to R, which is to request. And we touched briefly on this last week as a reason why we pray, that we bring our needs to God and we ask him to meet them. We bring our empty spaces and we ask God to fill them. We bring our hurts and we ask him to heal them. Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us today the food that we need. I think we are most familiar with this type of prayer where we bring our requests and needs to God and in light of his power and his provision, asking him to intervene in some way. Now, I think it's significant that Jesus started with praise in what he taught us. And we'll see as we go through this, these could really go in any order, these four words, but I would highly recommend that praise is where it starts. Because when we start with our requests, we begin focused on our lack, focused on our needs, focused on the things going wrong. But when we start with praise, then we find we're already positioned to trust God with our needs because we've recognized his holiness and power, because we have recognized who's in charge, because we've recognized uh, who has the power to change this situation that I cannot change, because we're bringing our requests in light of who he is and what he is capable of. I also wanna take a moment here to talk about the word us, as in teach us to pray. Forgive us our sins, give us our daily bread. We think of prayer as an individual activity for an individual relationship. That is sort of the way America works. We emphasize the individual over the collective and that's uh, certainly true in the American church. So we think about prayer that way. It's an individual activity for an individual relationship, but that's not how ancient Israel nor Jesus thought about prayer. Jesus isn't teaching the word us because he's talking to a group. Jesus expects us to pray for us. So, for example, give us today our daily bread. You may not be in need of bread today. But 
you have brothers and sisters in Christ around the world and around our community who are. Father, give us today our daily bread. You may be in need of God's peace in your life. I know I am. So pray for it, request it, ask it. God, would you give me your peace? But for sure, our community, our country, our world is in need of the peace of God. Father, give us your peace today. To our brothers and sisters who are running for their lives because they give their lives to you, Father, give us your peace. Give us your protection. Father, forgive us our sins. I have sins that need to be forgiven, and you do too. And he teaches us, forgive us our sins, that we come before God, not only on our own behalf, on our own recognition, but on behalf of each other. Not, not to dismiss our own need for forgiveness, not to focus on us so that I don't really have to talk about the things that I've got going on, but forgive us because we are all in need of it. Which brings us to A, which is to admit. Admit your fears and ask for peace. Admit your need and ask for daily bread. Admit, as we did earlier, the ways that you have not loved God or neighbor as you should, as he has called us to. Now, why admit things that God already knows? Because God does already know. He is aware of the ways you have messed up. He's not going to be surprised when you bring something to him, right? There's no, you did what? Oh no, never mind. I was gonna talk to you, but never. No, he knows. So why are we bringing things to him that he already knows? One, because relationship and depth of relationship involves showing up with your whole self, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's true for all your relationships with other people, and certainly true for our relationship with God. But it is also how we properly and correctly orient ourselves to recognize that we are in need, to recognize the gap between God's holiness and us, to recognize that we need some growth and some character formation. So here's the thing, God will not form you against your will. He may take you through some formation opportunities that you do not want to go through and you go through kicking and screaming, but God will not force your character. He will not form you against your will. He will not make you loving and kind if you don't want to be. He will not make you patient and forgiving if you don't want to be. So we admit our flaws and we request forgiveness. We confess the ways that we have hurt others and, and we praise God for the forgiveness bought by Jesus' death. We remember our need of forgiveness and we thank God for it. We remember our need for formation and we give ourselves to it. And as the imperfect creatures that we are, we yield. We yield. It is God we need. It is his kingdom. 
Jesus taught, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To you be the glory. In Jesus's prayer, this statement of God's will, of God's kingdom, comes after praise, but before request. But that would spell pyra, and I don't know what to do with that. So I think it's significant, and again, it doesn't have to go in this order, but to recognize God's holiness and to say, okay, now God, in light of who you are, Father, I give in to your goodness and your will. I yield to you and what you want to do in my life and my community. Do what you will in me. And then in light of that will, Father, here's what I'm asking of you today. And I know some of us get hung up on like, okay, so we're, we're supposed to pray as Jesus did, your will, not mine. True. I think if we can praise God for who he is, recognize our relationship with him, that he has brought us in as his children, that he is our heavenly father, and we give our will to him and say, okay, God, your will be done, but here's the things that I'm seeing that I feel like I need. I need something to eat. I need this relationship healed. I need this cancer to go away. God, in light of all your holiness and all I know you're capable of doing, I know you're capable of doing this. So yes, your will be done, but God, here's my request for you today. For sure, by the end of prayer, we in some way need to put our faith in the Almighty, to put our hope in the Savior, to recognize that we are in need and to give ourselves over to God's formation of us and the work he wants to do in and around our lives. Again, this is not a secret message for a magic lamp. It's, it's not four ways to make prayer do everything you want it to do. This is a way to practice a conversation that for some of us may feel awkward. And it's a pattern that helps us bring all of ourselves, our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, into prayer and into our relationship with God. Because what it boils down to is, is this. In prayer, we respond to God's goodness by giving God our needs, our will, and all the glory. In prayer, we respond to God's goodness, to what we read in scripture, to what we see around us, to the things that we are thankful for, for his holiness and faithfulness. We respond to God's goodness as we taste it and see it by giving God our needs, our will, and all the glory. That's what we pray. Now, since this is a practice, I want to give us time now to practice it. We're actually going to take uh, about five minutes here to practice talking to God with this pattern. And we'll, we'll put the, the pattern up. Uh, and if if you want to use a different way to practice, because again, the, the ax thing works for you, or you've got some other way that you enter in a car, awesome. Go for it. 
I'm not in your head anyway, I'm not gonna know. I would ask you, if, if prayer is something you're really comfortable with, and you're like, man, I, maybe I remember a time when it was awkward, but it's just so easy for me at this point. That is fantastic, and I'm cheering for you, I'm really excited for you. I would ask you to check in with this, just to see if all of these elements are here, because sometimes we can get really good at the rolling through our requests. Rolling through, we praise God, we thank God. God, your will be done. Um, but we don't wanna do the admitting part, the confession part. Or maybe we do the first three and we don't really wanna yield. I know yield is the hard one for me. I can admit stuff, God already knows those things, but man, to say, okay, God, now you do what you want. Whoa, hard for this control freak. So check in with this one. Is this part of how you engage in conversation with God? But if you want to use a different way to practice, go right ahead. Uh, if in our practicing of this, in our five minutes, you only get through the praise part, that's fantastic. That's five minutes of praise. Good for you. Continue this conversation as you go through your day. Now, if you only get through the praise part because you don't want to get through the admit and yield part, that you need to kind of check in on. But, but by all means, praise God. Uh, if you can barely fill a minute with this pattern, then pray the same things five times. That is okay. <laughs> That's okay. It's good practice. Uh, if you get distracted in the middle of this by something that has nothing to do with what is going on right now, uh, I will be right there with you. I can promise you that's going to happen in the next five minutes because my brain does that. It's actually why I think something like this can be really helpful to go, oh, wait, I was thinking about squirrels. Okay, um, what letter was I on again? Right, okay, I will go back to that. Some of you are laughing like you know, you know. You know how this goes. Squirrels, I don't know why it's always squirrels, but it, okay, whatever. There's, there's no shame. There's lots of grace. Just start back at the letter you were on. So uh, as we engage in this, uh, we are gonna put some uh, music on uh, in the background. Take a deep breath if it helps. Close your eyes if it helps. Keep your eyes open if it helps. Uh, let's take some time to practice talking to God and entering into our relationship uh, with him. And then I'll come up in a few minutes and close us. And then we'll sing a song together that is his own prayer. So let's pray. Father God, we know that you are present with us and we make our whole selves available to you.
our Father. You are holy and good. And we want to see your kingdom. We want to see you get all the glory from whatever it is we're doing in your name. We, Father, we want to recognize your goodness and we want the world around us to recognize your goodness. Father, would you give us today everything that we need? Would you meet our deepest needs that only you really know? Would you give us eyes to see the needs of those around us that we might help? Would you give us grace that covers everything that we've done wrong and overflows from us so that we can share it with the people around us who also need it. Father, I'm grateful for your protection of us, for your guidance of us. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading us, for leading us into deeper relationship with you. Father, would you receive all the glory for all that you do in and through us and would you do whatever you want to do in and through us today. We pray in the name of the one who taught us. Amen. Thanks for checking out our podcast. You can learn more or connect with us online at easthills.org.